We're continuing our look at um, people who are sincerely wrong. Last week we looked at the information side, um, and specifically not having enough information. We're not necessarily talking about people who had their information incorrect, just people who needed to know more. Uh, we're going to be coming back to that a little bit later um, from a different angle, but we want to look at motive this week. Uh, people who are wrong from motive. And the first thing you might think uh, when we talk about motive uh, is if someone has a wrong motive, how in, in fact can they be sincere? Because usually, <coughs> excuse me, usually we associate a wrong motive with insincerity, right? So <coughs> we're going to have a discussion of bias. Just give me a few moments, all right, before we uh, chase me out with pitchforks. All right. We hear this word a lot today, bias. And uh, you're pretty sure, you know, when you hear the word bias, what we're going to be talking about, right? We're not going to be talking about that. We're going to, just a little bit, but just for an illustration. And you know that when we talk about bias, that, that we're talking about a source of information, and that your source of information is completely unbiased, of course, and everybody else is completely biased. And so we know that bias creates error. In the early 2000s, Philip Morris, you probably know who Philip Morris is. Philip Morris is a tobacco company, among other things, but... Uh, they paid a research group by the name of Exponent, um, which has existed, Exponent has existed since the 60s. And, and Philip Morris paid uh, Ex Exponent to study secondhand smoke. Guess what they discovered? Not harmful. Well, who would have thought that a company that, uh, that, uh, that a research company that, that takes money from, a, 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 I mean, millions and millions of dollars to research secondhand smoke, you know, on, on the behalf of a tobacco company. Wow, what a shocker that they came up with, with kind of what they that we're looking for. The same company, um, Exponent, in 2009 was paid millions of dollars by Chevron to research the effects of the environment of dumping oil waste in the middle of a rainforest. Not harmful. We'll come back to exponent later. Right? The reality is that everyone has biases, and in this case, money was the bias. You kind of want to come, why? Because they're paying me millions of dollars. I kind of, I, I, I have this, I want to, and that's a bias. The reason we're discussing bias is because I want to really get a definition of bias because the word bias is used incorrectly today. Um, because of the, the things going on around us, we have a definition for bias that is incorrect. It's, it's kind of a hot button topic. 
That's why I want to mention it. Now, we're not going to be talking about all these hot-button topics, but I want to get an accurate definition of bias. Bias is when you, you have a tendency, a lens that you're looking through something because of whatever. And, and, and so that you tend... So money is a lens that you might look through something. Culture is a lens. So all these different lenses, your family, what, what, whatever your background is, these are all lenses, ideas, viewpoints, worldviews. These are all lenses that we look through, and, and they shade the information coming in. And we all have them. Everybody has them. However, bias is not equal to dishonesty. And a lot of what's happening, and a lot of what gets referred to as bias is not bias at all. give you an example. Tune up the pitchforks here. What would you say if during World War II there was a newspaper that simply didn't run articles about the Jewish Holocaust? Oh, I mean a few, but Imagine that newspaper ran 11,500 front-page articles about the war. And of those 11,500 front-page, specifically front-page, only 26 mentioned mass killings. 26, not 2,600, 26 articles that there were almost no photographs and none of those 26 mentioned Jews particularly. You, you, that's not an accident. That, that's not a bias, right? What if the photos were cropped so that you couldn't see the, the Star of David armbands? That, that, that's intentional. Right? That, that's not accidental. You can't do that 11,500 times accidentally. What if that was run by a Jewish publisher? That's weird. Like, why? If you said New York Times, ding, ding, ding. It's true. They had access to information, but they deliberately, and it was because of a viewpoint, we're not, that's not what we're talking about, but what I want to illustrate, because we're going to get to a Bible topic here, is the definition between bias and intentional. So, so a person can have a motive of bias and still be sincere. If we understand the bias the way the word is meant to be, a lens through which you look, not dishonesty. You can be very sincere, but just the way you've always looked at a particular thing, you interpret information and, and you come up with a viewpoint. But, but filtering out that information, say, say, no, people can't see this information, that's not bias. Right? So, so let's, let's walk away from, from this with a, with a correct understanding of bias because we are going to look at somebody in the scriptures who shows a strong bias 
because of a connection and comes out with the wrong conclusion. We're going to turn to the book of John. John chapter 2. And beginning in verse 1, it says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what do you have to do with me? Some say, What does your concern have to do with me? Says, My hour has not yet come. Her mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. This is for feet, by the way. For purifying feet and hands. Washing. Next. <laughs> Just, if you want to think about miracles, the water the wine always sounds so wonderful. This is foot washing water that they're going to be drinking. Okay, just so we have that. They filled them up to the brim and they said, Draw some out now and take it from the master for the feast. They took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water, oh, this is so good, and did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew these got to be drinking the foot washing water. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and the guests have well drunk. The, then the inferior after that. You've kept good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana and Galilee. And some of you will say this is the first of his miracles. It's worded like that. And that's important. And he showed his glory and the disciples believed in them. So we're going to talk about Mary's bias. She's biased, isn't she? What is the source of Mary's bias? Well, I have no idea. It's a relationship, right? All parents think their child is smarter, better, whatever. We just dropped a son off to college. Um, my impression of college is different from 1990 or 93. I went to two colleges. Either one, much different. Different expectations. Now, before leaving, if you remember Benjamin's vehicle, I did a lot of work to it. I'm not saying I'm a professional, but I didn't want him to have the worst car in the parking lot, right? Like... This needs some massive amount of Bondo and some spray paint. However, based on personal experience, I thought it was only going to take a certain amount of work to get it to that expectation because college kids and their cars, right? I mean, they're junk. Until I went and drove into the parking lot 
There was one car worse than his. One. College has changed. I'm looking at F-250's brand new Ford Mustangs. But I've got a bias. I still have to come up with a way that my son is better smart. Right? So what did I say? Guess who's paying for college? And guess who's paying for Ford Mustang? Daddy. And you know that people who pay for their kids' education, kids don't get quite as much. They don't appreciate it because it's not there. I'm coming up with all... Guess who's going to graduate with tons of debt? Because they're paying $300, $400 plus... I'm still in my bias. I'm still coming up with ways that those who I'm connected to can be better, smarter. This is Mary. Bias. Is it the relationship that is her sole source of bias? No. Because no parental bias has ever made you think that your kid can turn water to wine. Right? No, uh, there's certain things that, that in your bias you don't think. You don't go, well, my son can time travel. Right? Like, if you think in that, then you get taken away for a little bit, you know. If you, like, this explanation of, of what conclusion Mary's reaching, now, I don't think that Mary knew he could turn water to wine, but she was expecting something out of the ordinary. And normal, just family bias can't explain that. But that's a part of the equation. So we're going to look a little bit more at this, at what's going on here. And so to do so, we want to look at what Mary didn't know. Mark chapter 3. There's a, some things. Much has been made before we get into this verse about Mary from tradition. She has become much more smarter than she was. She's become much more spiritual than she ever was. We see her clearly being corrected, and, and we're going to look at that a, a little bit. But this is a little bit later. This is actually in the middle of, of the ministry of Jesus. So here he is, he's teaching. And this event happens. He says, his mother and his brother came, and they were standing outside while he's teaching. And they said to him, they sent to him and called him. They sent a message in to Jesus who was teaching. And they said, your mother and your brother are outside looking for you. And he says, who is my mother and my brothers? And he looked around at those who sat around him and he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, my mother. He has drawn a contrast. I want you to pay attention. He has drawn a contrast between those who are doing what he says and Mary. Conclusion, Mary's incorrect. What? Somewhere, 
she's not so sure of everything. I don't know if the family members have convinced her. Maybe she goes back and forth because we see her with them. We see her not with them. Maybe she's kind of like one of those ones, whoever the strong person is, kind of overrides kind of Mary. I don't know. But she's definitely, if you watch The Passion of the Christ, and Mary is this all-knowing, all-seeing woman, eh, not the accurate picture of Mary. We'll see her return to the inner circle. Maybe that influence changed. Now there's another thing that we need to look at. Beyond the fact that Mary struggles in her faith. She did not know of his ability to do miracles. John chapter 2 verse 11 says, This is the first of the signs that Jesus did in Cana Galilee and showed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. There was not this situation. Jesus, five years old, sitting in the living room. Mary comes in. Go clean your room. Done. From the living room. That did not happen. Mary does not have a background of going, oh, Jesus does miracles all the time. This is the first of the miracles that he performed and showed his glory. She's got a bias. We're going to look at where that could come from. But it's not from knowledge that he can do this. So let's look at Limited uh, what she knows. Now, before we get into some of the scriptures on what she knows, let us be fair with Mary. She knows some things, doesn't she? I mean, she has had an angel come to her, Gabriel, and say, um, So, you've been chosen to be the mother of a special child. Uh, she's gotten pregnant and she knows that it didn't happen in the customary way. I mean, she kind of has first-hand knowledge of that. It's different. Never happened before. She has seen men travel thousands, maybe, hundreds at least, miles to come worship her child. That's impressive. Doesn't happen every day. I think my kids are important. No one's ever worshipped them. <laughs> she has seen amazing things happen around this child she's seen no room at the end no room at the end no room at the end boom for his birth someone somewhere has room she's seen protection in the middle of Genocide and escape to protect this child. So, so she has kind of an inkling that this is a different child. So let's look at some scriptures on where some of her bias might come from. A light of revelation. Now, this is 
This is when he's being presented at the temple. And this is Simeon. And we're not going to go through the whole text for when it won't fit on this page. Yeah, but, but this is uh, kind of some of the guts of what Simeon is talking about. Her little baby. He's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Now, we need to understand what the word marvel meant. Right? Not the comic book. Marvel doesn't simply mean to be amazed. It's more like to be confused. Like, it's so amazing it's confusing. I don't quite get it all. I'm like puzzled. We talk about being puzzled. That's kind of the way this word feels in the original. They marvel. Hmm. I'm pondering it. I'm not quite sure what it means. And it even it says that. So Simeon blessed them and said to Mary and his mother, Behold, the child's appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So that the thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. I'm going to stay right in the same chapter. Um, so we, we know that she has limited knowledge, right? They're marveling. They're puzzling at this. Luke ch- chapter 2, verse 45 through 50. We know, again, the story. We don't need to tell the whole story. Uh, they go down for a feast. They leave. Jesus is not with them. It's probably a caravan. And they, they assumed, you know, ever been one of those things where, where you, everybody assumes that the kid or one of the kids is with somebody else and he's with nobody and he got left at the bowling alley uh, and, and the whole youth group went home, that happened to me. That's not random. <laughs> After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard were amazed at his understanding as answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. Well, it doesn't sound like they were expecting it, does it? Well, Jesus does this all the time back home. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? She's upset. Why? Because she's not the all-seeing woman we think she is. Your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And then he said to him, Uh, Why are you searching for me? Do you not know where I would be? Why did you not know where I would be? Because she doesn't know everything, and neither does Joseph. I would be in my father's house. And they did not understand what he was saying. They're biased. They know there's something special. We're looking at the build-up of where the biases that Mary will have in some years are coming from. But they don't understand everything. And Jesus is teaching her, I answer to something higher, and he's trying to get her there. One last. And this, I think, is going to be the answer to where her bias comes from. It's in the same chapter. After this, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. She's remembering. She's cataloging. She's filing this away, though she doesn't understand it. And Jesus increased 
in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And I believe, though he did no miracles, she knows from observing him over these next 18 years, from age 12 to age 30, there's something different about it. So whether she expected water to wine or whatever she expected, she had a bias. And it was a pretty good bias. Not just because of her relationship, but because of some limited pieces of information she's trying to put together, but she's putting them together in her bias. She's shaded. And we're going to see specifically what Mary's error was. Because Mary is not factually incorrect. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, let's go back to our text, they have no wine. True statement. Jesus said to her, woman, what do you have to do with me? We're going to talk about that. Hours not come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. What is her conclusion? Factually, he can do whatever you imagine. Is she right? Yes, 100%. She's not even a polis. She, she, she's got nothing wrong. She's not incomplete. Everything she has said is absolutely correct. Whatever Jesus says to do, do it. It's going to work. She has concluded, even in bias, she has concluded the truth. You remember exponent... In 2014, Roger Goodell, the NFL, hired Exponent to study Tom Brady. True story. And the Patriots. And they found totally guilty. Were they correct? Yes. Exponent got it right. Even biased. Correct. I think the case is closed on that. Even in your bias, you can be right, in other words. There's an idea that just because you're biased means you're automatically wrong. Mary was biased, but she was right, factually speaking. Am I right in my bias when I think that because of Benjamin's financial arrangements, he might appreciate his education more and do better? Possibly. I don't know. It's possible that even in my bias, I've concluded accurately, it's also possible that I'm completely off base in my bias. Time will tell that. But bias doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means you're biased. It also means that there's a, a better than even chance that you're wrong. Because biases tend to lead us towards a conclusion. Jesus, as we say, clearly corrects her. I want you to notice in this text that Mary rolls right through his correction. Do you notice? I, I'm like halfway through the sermon and I'm like, I've just kind of put the finishing touches and I'm like, wait a minute. The wine ran out. 
Mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus says to her and corrects her. We're gonna, I want to talk about that in just a second. And then she goes, do whatever he says. She rolled right through it and it was just like, boom. She didn't go, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe I should shut my mouth. Like she's been corrected by Jesus at 12 years old. And she's a little slow on the uptake. Now, woman is not disrespectful. Woman is not a disrespectful. It's like ma'am. Down Benjamin's roommate calls me sir. <laughs> I'm like, I am not sir. You can call me Andrew. He's like, that's fine. I'll still call you sir. That's weird. I lived in Texas, so I understand it. And uh, my friends used to call their their parents sir and ma'am so they were over at my house and uh, i called my mom mom or mom they looked at me like can we worship you now yeah you get to do that in your house you sir and ma'am right that was unheard of woman is like that woman is he's not saying woman you better listen here this is a term of respect he used it on the cross woman Behold your son. Uh, he's, he's speaking respectfully of Mary. What do you have to do with me? Again, this is not, but what do I have to do with you? Right? This is not that. This is not that. This is him explaining. Kind of, we've been through this before. In a respectful way, he sets it up respectfully. Woman. What is our connection? We have, you have a bias. We have a connection. What is it? What is the connection? You're my physical mother. But I've told you before, I have to be about my father's work, about my father's house. Understand your connection. You're not the guide of my ministry. My ministry is directed by somebody else. Now, he clearly corrects her. What is her error? It is not a factual error, as we said. It is practical. And I believe that this is why Jesus performed the miracle. I, I think if her error would have been one that set up a false teaching, he would not have gone along with it. It said, mm, you guys are on your own. But doing this was not going to affect anything. And he's going to correct Mary. He even kind of tolerates her rolling through his correction. And maybe there's some more things behind the scenes that we don't know that were said. But Mary's bias is not so much that she's wrong, but that she's in the wrong. Mary's bias leads her to put herself in a place she doesn't need to be. That's her bias. He's my son. 
I'm his mother. Right? That's the natural relationship that we talked about, the connection, the relationship. Therefore, I have a right to whatever. She's inserted herself into the equation. And so this is the challenge, to separate ourselves from the equation. Because we get involved in it. And we have natural biases that we have all come to God with. If you've come to God, you've come with biases. A previous religion? A lifestyle background? Maybe you were raised in the church. And so whatever our connection is, we tend to think that it allows us certain rights. I have certain rights. You ever had a parent tell you how to raise your kids? Publicly? Hmm. <laughs> They're your parent. They're used to 18 years of telling you what to do. And it doesn't get shut off immediately. They think they have the right to insert their opinion into your practical decisions. Like Mary. Sometimes we have to remind siblings that there exists in the house one father and one mother. And sometimes the sibling is factually correct in things that need to happen. And sometimes a mother or... No, it's the mother. No. <laughs> Either one, by the way. This is not a, this is not a bias. <laughs> about what needs to be done. Sometimes they are factually correct. But there still exists one father and one mother. And we kind of have to make that clear. And nicely. Because we, we, we think we have certain rights because of a, a connection that we have. So, I'm a preacher. I get to say what I want. And that's a tendency. Well, I'm right. Hey, you ever heard that one? Well, I'm right. Heard that very recently somewhere. Yes, that doesn't mean it needs to be said. You don't have that right. Being right doesn't give you a right. right? We have to remove ourselves from the equation. I've been a Christian all my life. That's factually incorrect. But I was raised in the church. So therefore, I know more than person X. Now, you might be factually correct. That doesn't give you more right. I remove myself from the situation. I have a bias. And I have a tendency to think that I have more. I'm older. 
I'm related to. I went to X college. I, all the biases we bring in affect the way. And God says, it's my church. There is one head. I'll be the head. I don't care if you're factually correct. I'll be the head. We think sometimes that we're right about things because we're Americans. Well, being American makes you Christian. There are people that kind of, maybe don't say that, but kind of think it, act it. But the, the Christian way, or the American way to be Christian is the, the right way to be Christian. Maybe. Maybe not. Remove ourselves from the equation. I've got to keep a firm handle on my natural biases. I mean, I mean, who, who has more of a right to be biased than Mary, right? I, I don't have the near, I don't come close to having near of a right to be as biased as Mary, and she still is corrected. Yeah. Two ways to branch off of that. First of all, until we each make that decision to give our lives to God, we are estranged from Him. As every bit as much as later on Mary and her brothers were. When Jesus said, I don't even, it's not even like they're my brothers. There are people here in this audience that are more like my brothers and sisters than my actual mother. Separate yourself from the equation intellectually until you make that decision. If there is a person that needs to make that decision, it needs to be made. But for 90% of us who've made that decision, to leave here understanding that if we want to reach our maximum usefulness to the church as members, members, we have to remember that we are members and that there is only one head. <clears throat>